Well, welcome to the Lunch Prep Podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Frank. Hey, how you doing there, buddy? Good. Oh, good. What have you been up to? Oh, nothing. Just listening to some music. Oh, yeah? What kind of music are you listening to? I don't know. One side like, oh, me too, man. I haven't heard that one. Did you ever hear? Oh, I have an idea. Let's have our wives come on and listen to the same music as us. And then they'll be like, I don't listen to music. I listen to music. <laughs> Can you tell it's been a long day? <laughs> Dude, can I tell you how much I hate this scenario? Which one? The music one? No, no, no. This this scenario I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay, kinda, yeah, let me hit me. It, it, it's in the same vein. Okay. Somebody goes, oh, you heard this song? And they tell you a name of a song. And I was like, when did it come out? And they're like, just this year. I, you had to have heard it. And I was like, I guarantee you I haven't. They're like, how could you not have heard the Yuppa Buppa song? And I'm like, because if it didn't come out prior to 2000 and maybe seven, mm. I haven't heard it. I only listen to 70s music and 90s music and a little bit of the early on. I don't listen to anything contemporary, period. Mm. If I hear it, I go, oh, that's great. I like that. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm like closed off to liking music, but what avenue am I going to hear that song? I don't listen to the radio. I have no access. I don't watch TRL or or what where I like, yeah, TRL is one of those popular shows that the kids watch now because it's fucking 2024. Yeah, TRL's an, getting big ratings, I think. As an old man, where would I have heard this song? And they're like, it's everywhere. Where? TikTok? I you don't, drive? I don't. But what, where would I hear it when I'm driving? You don't have, You don't listen to radio? You listen to like your phone or something? Yeah, I just use Spotify and I listen to oh. the same like fucking. Spotify. I don't have that. I don't have that technology. I, I use, just listen, I listen to, to actual radio. Yeah, I don't know what terrestrial radio people are digging on these days. I hear something and most of the time I'm like, meh. But sometimes I'm like, oh, that's good. But like I would have never. But people are just so. No, I swear to God. And they try to hum you a few bars like. I'm like that. You're not making any better. I guarantee you, I have not heard this song, and they're just flabbergasted. But it's also like we live in this weird microcosm now, where nobody has shared experiences anymore. Remember, you could mm. sit around the water cooler and be like, "You guys see that show?" And everybody saw that show yeah. because it's the only fucking show on. Like, like thank goodness TGIF had the same lineup that everybody watched. Now people are like, "Oh, did you catch that new show on Blip Bloop?" I don't even know. Is that a streaming service? They're like, "Yeah, yeah." It's it's, I don't even know what Blip Bloop is, let alone whatever show you're talking about. Yeah, sounds great. And they're like, you should really check it out. And I'm so buried under shows I should be checking out. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I agree. Man. Sorry. Yeah. I had a list of shows to get to do during um, uh, Christmas break, during my holiday <laughs> break. I have three weeks off from school. There was some travel. There was some family coming in. But I was like, I got time. I did one out of like four of my top pick shows. Not just shit I wanted to get to, but shit that I was like, okay, it's been two months and I somehow haven't gotten a spoiler. And I love this show. Theoretically, I need to get into to it. I did one and it was the stupidest one. Which one was it? It was called a bleep. It was the bleep bloop blop one. Did you ever see that? It's on bloop blop service. <laughs> How would I have seen that? I'm an old man and I, I don't know watching. about that. I don't do that new shit. Oh my God, <laughs> guys. Uh, <laughs> we're off to a great start. Happy New Year, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Lift off. We have a lift off. All right. 
Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. And let's talk about this song. It goes bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Matt. I'm, I'm Matt. Matt, it's been a while, brother. It has. I remember at the top of the holiday season, we were like, let's record next week. And then all of a sudden, the ball dropped on New York City and it and <laughs> rang in a new year. And your kid's in college now. And here we are. <laughs> Dude, I literally have people being like, are you guys going to do any more podcasts? And I was like, I, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> jury's out we haven't we haven't it's been a minute and i'm sorry that it took a minute i feel bad that we don't you know to our audience and to you a little bit but like let's get back into it man let's let's keep the keep it going because i love this show you love this show too i know the good news is we did have a chat and like there are we have some topics that we're really excited to talk about yes. we have a couple interviews we're chasing that we're excited to do uh, i'm hoping to hit at least one or two cons or something like that where we can get some cool interviews and content and stuff but we still have some other content of interviews and meetings we've had that we haven't from july (laughs) (laughs) we got so much content from comic-con it could have lasted us an entire year yeah we could just repackage it as comic-con 2024 (laughs) and nobody would know um (laughs) i just i just badly dub you're like hey it's me matt i'm at comic-con 2024 (laughs) (laughs) yeah just have me re-record that um yeah it's we, 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 I can tell you, and I think we could say it with, with full confidence, we have some bitching topics. Kind of bring, I want to say, bringing it back to the old school, Matt and Aaron, before we were famous Comic-Con panels and uh, had our own fucking action figures and before we were in seven different comics. But like old, kind of old school topics where it's just going to be me and you kind of just trying to make each other laugh with <laughs> what's our favorite this or what happens with <sighs> this. And we have a, a really long list of that. So we got to get back let's make that let's make that our pledge our new year's uh resolution for the launch pad knock that list down a little bit have some yucks and uh yeah you know maybe listen to some new music maybe 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 i'll turn on the radio for, i don't own a radio all right let's start with that dude i am so deep into doja cat right now <laughs> and doja my cat? my 22 year old cousin shout out to cousin paul um who just visited was like doja cat sucks and i was like i was totally ready for him to give me a young kid high five to be like yeah, Grandpa, you know the music of my people. He's like, Doja Cat sucks. And I pulled over and I made him walk back to LAX. I was like... <laughs> I, I just got into uh, J-I-D. That's pronounced Jid. That's what I think it's pronounced too, but I don't, I don't know, know how this guy says his name, but he, he's got some good... He's got some good hip-hops. <laughs> Sing me a bar or whistle me a little bit. You know him from the song What Up Danger from the first Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I know that song. I like that song. Song's dope. Well, he has a bunch of songs that are on that level of, whoa, that's cool, man. Mm. Unlike me, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for me, like in my old age, and I realize this more, there's times in my life, and this has always been the case, where someone looks at me or what I'm doing or what I'm talking about and either shows me with their body language or worse, says it with their mouth or even worse, shows me with their eyes that whatever I'm saying makes me a fucking dork. Luckily, I, I have never cared about that. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. I'm the coolest motherfucker no matter what, especially if I'm saying something nerdy like that. It doesn't matter if you or someone else is is interested in that. I think I'm awesome for that. So luckily, now that I'm fucking old and for sure the shit I'm talking about is stupid, like it's, it's not a matter of taste anymore. I am old and my shit is 
is outdated and I don't know what's good anymore. But like, <laughs> luckily, I'm set in my ways of like, this is cool. I don't care cool. what you say. <laughs> oh, uh, right on board with you. I'm like, dude, I just look around me and I'm like, I'm fucking awesome. I'm, I'm landed this plane real easy. I don't give a shit what anybody says. High fives all around. Um, let's get to some nerdy shit. I watched a. I've been watching a bunch of movies. Uh, yeah, all of them are nerdy, but I've been. I, oh, yeah, I worked really hard to try and catch up on movies. I tried to watch like quote unquote good movies because I get all mm. those screeners right of quote unquote the Oscar movies, oh Emmy movies, things that people want to win awards. And I tried to watch a handful of those. We could talk about some good movies. Uh, in, in quotation marks, some of them were good for sure. But it's it's just always interesting when it's like up for awards and you're like, really? All right. I mean, you can try. I applaud your your just just as I would applaud my own foolhardiness and thinking I'm cool, uh, the foolhardiness of some of these films to think that they are good. Uh, that's fine. Do it. Do it, baby. <laughs> okay. Well, I only have one category, one in, one in that category, but go ahead. Hit me. Hit me with like the good, the bad. Give me. Let's kind of go tit for tat with uh, where we've been content wise. So, so <laughs> watch this movie, Saltburn. Heard about this? You know about this? <laughs> I, I, I have heard a little bit. So Saltburn's this movie. We've all heard the story. It's a young, poor guy who wants to stick it to the rich man in more ways than one <laughs> and it's a good movie well done not a story we haven't seen before but every time i'm like i think i know where this plot's going pretty standard okay movie what you got it decides to do something so damn gross that you're like shock value cool mm. and i am also at the point in my life and career where i'm like i can see it from a bird's eye view of like you're trying to shock me mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it's gross sure there's i i can't take a shower now without looking down at drain and being like uh, uh, uh. there's a scene where this dude slurps that's a great word isn't it slurps <laughs> some water out of the drain with his tongue drink like like tonguing the the gross ass drain with his tongue after his wannabe the the, the man the boy that he wants to be his boyfriend um was in that tub doing something real gross and uh he's like licking the drain now and i'm just like gross does it have anything to do with the story no just just shows desperation is gross from an acting standpoint i'm like that guy's committing that actor's like fuck yeah i'm gonna lick this drain but like from a movie standpoint it's just kind of like i'm like and it's like you're trying to be shocking like euphoria and they're just like guys we're, we're all bisexual and doing drugs and you're shocked and it's like nah man i've seen it all <laughs> like ah. i've <laughs> licked my fair share of drains boy <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't going for my 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 homies uh drain worthy Dude, tell it. I feel like you and I have known each other for decades now, right? Literally yeah. more than one decade, decades. Yes. And we've now been podcasters for years, right? So we yeah. have, I mean, we have literally hundreds of listeners. Yes. Hundreds of subscribers. Yes. We're super famous in that regard. But all these people know us. I feel like we don't have to pretend anymore. You and I lived together for quite a while. For sure. Are you going to, can you look me in the eye and tell me you never licked a drain after I took a shower? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're honest with me, I'll be honest with you, but <laughs> I gently, gently circled my finger. Around. No, 
There's the later scene where he sees his 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 buddy's his buddy's sister, and she's like super horned up, and he's like, "Hell yeah!" And um, he 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 services her while she is on that time of the month, and he's like wiping blood off his face and stuff. And I'm like, "There, you did it again, movie. Thought you're going somewhere, and then you were like, "Hey, gross." It's like, all right, fine, fine. Again, acting chops. You had to commit to that. It gets crazier, dude. It gets crazier. Spoiler alert, there's a death of the family. He goes to this this grave. And I look at Kate before like well before it happened. I'm like, he's fucking that grave, isn't he? Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And he's like crying so hard. And sure enough, he just uh, uh, takes his pants off and just starts uh, humping the dirt. <laughs> We're crack. We're dying. And I again, again, it's like no disrespect to that actor. You committed, man. You're like, guys, I think I'm gonna hump the dirt today. And they're like, do it. We'll turn the camera on like what does it take for an actor to get in the headspace where they're just comfortable surrounded by like dudes eating pop tarts and holding boom poles to straight up <laughs> pump the dirt we were dying laughing and then at the end there's like a four minute sequence of him after he's got everything he's wanted he's defeated the rich people hooray eat the rich and he's just dancing through their palace straight up naked just floppity 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 flop for like five minutes and we're just like laughing out because at the end of the day like that's just a punchline like awesome all right so this is a two-part <laughs> question slash comment one we were for a long time yeah and we lived right next to a cemetery are you gonna tell me <laughs> <laughs> No, Matt, I gently fingered the dirt. Part two. Are you saying that never was a day when I wasn't in the apartment and you weren't flop, flop, flop dancing all around? I, of course. I didn't film it and put it at the end of a movie as a button tag to my achievements in, in every movie that I have made has a button of me flop, flop dancing. <laughs> Right? Like, what? <laughs> no disrespect to the actors. They gave it their all. But. <laughs> awesome. I hope, um, got, I hope he wins an Oscar for that shit. And so let me ask. Let me ask you. So seriously, <laughs> you're saying that these these gross out, these trying to shock you moments yep. didn't really add to the overall plot or the overall experience of the film? I think it just, all it does is amp up like, what's going to happen next? He's dangerous. Mm. He's unhinged. All right, cool. I, but like, if you lifted those out and kept nothing. the rest, okay, so change is nothing. But, um, but we're talking mm -hmm. about it. Fair. So I do would you, not but, be talking about this movie if he wasn't <laughs> slurping on a drain or flip-flopping, humping dirt. So we be talking about it. If you you took those pieces out, but yeah. the rest of the movie stayed as is. Yeah. How was it? How was it as a movie or how was it as a narrative story? Story Unforgettable. Like totally, you know, whatever. It's, and it's with those things in, it doesn't strengthen the overall film or story or interest at all. It's just as wacky. It just, it just makes you go like, man, there are literally like four or five scenes that are just like, oh, wow, they're going. But mm. like at the end of the day, did you make the movie first and then be like, ooh, we made a boring ass movie. What do you want to do? The, <laughs> there's a big exec, exec <laughs> meeting and they're like, the only thing that's going to save this right now is some grave humping and someone's like yeah that or period head and someone's like no 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 <laughs> literally they they had shown the rough cut and and they're like and it was rough it was rough and they're like i don't i don't know what to do and the lead actor was like give me two sticks of wood a 
pile of dirt and a camera. <laughs> he ties him together into a cross, slams it in the ground. <laughs> so the the weird looking dude in that movie who played the Joker in the, the new Batman movie. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I can't tell you anything else he was in other than Batman and um the killing of a sacred deer, yeah. which is one of my favorite weird thriller movies of the last couple of years. And I think you and I have talked about this before. I don't remember if it was on air or not. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love, love, love it. And he is fantastic in it, I think. He is a great actor. I, I he really again, is. I don't want to take away from the acting chops and the commitment it takes to <laughs> slurp a drain. But, you know, again, the acting's fantastic. I just, it just, uh, it just, none of it really mattered. Yeah. Barry Coogan? Yeah, that sounds right. Spelled with an extra E and an O in there, but, you know. Now, he also, I saw him in an interview recently, and he's, he's, I don't know where he's from, but he has a crazy accent. Oh. He is not from America, and he's not from a place that sounds like America, but they're trying to speak our language. He's, he's Dublin. <laughs> he's, he's Irish. He's from Dublin. Oh, okay. That explains. Um, I think, I think it's a good, I, <laughs> I think it's a good, I, I think it's one of those movies like, sure, go watch it. But like, I think it's going to be one of those things that people remember it for dancing with your dong out and not for like what the movie was about or what it was trying to say. I'm not going to lie. I'm an amateur, but most of the movies I've been in are remembered for my dong dancing as well. <laughs> so that's Saltburn. Wow. We are film critics. I so would love it if it was like, our special guest today, Leonard Malton. <laughs> like, right, can you imagine we have Leonard Malton on, but we're explaining how we usually talk? Right. Like, we don't really use a thumb up, thumb down system. <laughs> <laughs> not your thumb <laughs> um could you give it could you give it a percent or like a um a letter grade for what oh, you, just, like how you thought it was yeah it's a solid b you know right in okay. the middle not a b minus not a b plus it's it's mm. like it's competently made and the characters are good the acting's like i said the acting is great but mm -hmm. none of the the, the script is just kind of like i've seen it before in any other like fuck the rich type of movie great gatsby-esque yeah. type thing but this one just has scenes that i will never forget because <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> because of the shocking thing that they're trying to do and whether that works on you or not I think depends on where you've been what you see so alright fine well I don't want to transition using taste after talking about drain licking but you know I watched a movie that's one of my favorites it's an old movie 1955 I watched it on the big screen for the first time and holy fucking shit it's just like the way that I want to describe it is think about a dish or a food that you freaking love. And every time you have it, you have that moment of, mm, this is as good as I remembered. Mm. As excited as I've been all day to eat this or all night to eat or drink this, this is surpassing my expectations for the umpteenth time. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of movies that I truly love, and it might be I love them in and out, top to bottom, or I might just love one thing. It might be a sentimental thing or an experience, or I watched it with someone special, but th there's a special place in my heart for that movie when you watch that again and it could be the umpteenth time it still freaking gets me every time can I, think I guess some, what it is you can okay should I guess now is well, now the time for me <laughs> for me those movies are just like the there, there's a magic to that you know what I mean like Star Wars is an easy one Jaws is an easy one for me Psycho is an easy one it's like I could watch Psycho every night and I don't I mean I might get boring but it wouldn't lose the
is the magic. There's a reason that movie, people talk about like the term core memory. That's like a core film for me. I didn't even see that till I was ha- almost done with high school. But seeing that stopped the clock for a second for me. Seeing this movie, 1955, an old black, uh, I mean, I know they had color, but it was an old black and white movie. Yeah. It blows me away every time I see it. I cry every time I see it. I'm spellbound at the filmmaking every time I see it. Hit me with a guess. 1955's Richard III with Laurence Olivier. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Blackboard Jungle. (laughs) Uh, That's a good guess, but no. You know Um, what it is, right? Bad Seed was 1956. Correct, and it's in the same vein, but this is my favorite. It's technically not horror, but it's my favorite scary movie. It's a thriller. Psycho? Starring. It's not Psycho. Psycho's later, too. Was it Psycho in the 60s? Robert Meacham is in it. Oh, 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 uh, it's Night of the Hunter. Fuck, Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Night of the I Hunter. I mean, I tell you, man, look, no joke right now, if you were here, I would make you touch me. I have goosebumps on the back of my neck just from hearing the goddamn title. Stanley Cortez is the DP for them, and he is a master of black and white. Nobody shoots black and white like Stanley Cortez, and Night of the Hunter has some of the most gorgeous scenes that look like paint. I, I, I mean, it's, it's an example of so many things. Obviously, noir and film and cinematic mood and stuff, um, let me see, because he, uh, the director was a, I guess an actor, but he directed. Charles Lott, man. Yeah. yeah. He directed one movie and this is it. And one of the things I've read so many essays on it, I've watched so many behind the scenes. Anybody that's critiquing this movie says what a crime it is that he only did one movie because it is beautiful. And the, the, the use of light and shadow is fucking ridiculous. And it really like talk about setting the mood, talk about setting the tone. Robert Meacham is a great actor. Actor, and I've seen him in a lot of stuff, including you, like the. Why do you keep calling him that? What? Robert Mitchum? No, Meacham. No, it's not Meacham. It's Robert Mitchum. He told me it was Meacham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, hit us up. Pull us up. Tell us, tell us the I truth. hope you don't know be the coolest freaking thing in life if Jeremy Rayner called us <laughs> and was like, it's Robert Mitchum. <laughs> I'll say it just so you don't give me shit, but Robert Mitchum, I've always heard Mitchum, but anyway, whatever, some sort of Robert, he plays uh, a, a creepy character in the original Cape Fear, which is also kind of hair raising. But in this movie, I cannot think of a more sinister villain. And I'll, I think that's like the best word for him. Except for his portrayal of the villain in Cape Fear. He is one uh, of the it's, best it's villains of all so time. so creepy. Yes. He nails that role. And the, one that, the, the Cape Fear role is very similar in this in tone, yes. but if you're not familiar with this movie, uh, he is a killer preacher who preys on single and widowed women for their yeah. money. He, and it's established he's, he's, from his get go that that's what he does. He's a lady killer. What are they? What are they, it's a black, they call what they call them black widows when they're women who kill men. What is it called when a man kills, kills a woman? I can't remember. Um, lady killer, right? I'm trying to come up with something funny, but I'm, I'm too I'm too <laughs> hyped up on how good this movie is that my yeah. like comedy part went down and my like actual brain <laughs> started he's working. A, he's a con man preacher who marries women and kills them and steals their money. And in the first first couple scenes, he is uh, cellmates with someone who has stolen money and hid it with his family. Mm-hmm. And Robert Mitchum Meacham goes back there to try to get the money. And it's he discovers, as we already know, the kids know where it's hidden, but we don't know where it is, just the kids. So he slowly but surely starts to figure out the kids know where the money is, and he preys on them. Uh, if you, wa- I, I'm telling you right now, we've talked about it before, so I won't spoil the ins and out of it. But if you want to see some 
creepy ass scenes of this guy manipulating this woman who loves him, manipulating these kids that kind of don't know what to think of him at first. Then he starts to split two kids. He starts kind of trying to split them apart like a wedge and manipulate them against each other. Oh my God. It's so creepy. But it was one of those. And then there's a weird tonal shift at the very end. I won't get into it again, but there's a weird tonal shift. But I get choked up, if not actual crying, every time I see it. And like openly in the theater, because I could give a fuck. It is worth it. And it's one of those experiences like Jaws. I will see Jaws every time I can in the theater because it is so worth that experience. I've only seen Night of the Hunter once in the theater. I will always try to see it if I ever see it again, because it is like without going crazy, it is moving. It is a moving experience to watch that and be like, holy shit, this is just this is the movie. Visually stunning. Like I said, uh, Stanley Cortez is one of the masters of black and white and they use a lot of like silhouette. There's like and miniatures like really cool. There's these really cool shots of like houses as the sun sets mm-hmm. and you'll see the, the the light shining through the windows and they're miniatures, but they're gorgeous. There's a scene where you find a woman drowned in a car and it is it is a it is a painting of cellular. It is one of the most gorgeous single frames I think I've ever seen mm. on screen. Um, Just the way her hair is in the water and the, the seaweed and the branches and the dead branches. The stunning thing. I think everyone who is a cinephile of any one form or another, whether you've seen this movie or not, knows one thing about this movie. And it's across his knuckles, he has love and hate tattoo. And it's like, that's just, oh, it's so baller to, to have him be that villainous. And, you know, Shelley Whit- Winters, who's normally plays like a, a little sweet old lady grandma type thing uh, from like Poseidon Adventure or something, like she plays this like really tragic housewife in this. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a good one. That's- it, and it's, it's just, I, I, I could tell you if I saw it tonight, I would, I would be moved, have goosebumps and cry again. If I saw it tomorrow night, same thing. It really is. It is a special thing for me. It's a special movie. It will forever hold a place in my heart. But seeing that in the big screen, Ooh. oh my God, the biggest heart chef kiss that I could give, you know? Nice, man. That's really good. I, I That is a really good poll. Again, that movie's fantastic. Anything you see, you can, anything with Robert Mitchum in it. I think a lot of people, if you don't know who he is, if you like the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray, he's the, he's the boss of the network who's like, you know what's coming up in the world? Cats. Cats are watching TV. It's Robert <laughs> I can't believe it. But yeah, he's in that movie too. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, speaking of like getting choked up in a movie, last time I got choked up in a movie, I was in a theater, which I never get to. Uh, I went and saw Godzilla minus one. Oh, yeah. And that hit. Ooh, I fucking love movie. You going to go see it in black and white? Uh, I didn't even know that was an option. But yes, if that's a th- if I meant to see it again in color in IMAX and I haven't yet. But in the last week of January, it, 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 it leaves theaters February 3rd. In in the next week or so, mm. it's going to be in theaters in America in black light. They're doing a brand new one, Godzilla minus color. And it's 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 completely recolor corrected to be like silver and black and white. And I, wow. I, can't, I can't wait to check it out. But Godzilla minus one is the new Godzilla movie from Toho out of Japan. Came to America. It's the highest grossing Japanese film ever in America. It's one of the best films in Japan. They, they, it's record breaking all over the place. And it's the latest installment of Godzilla. Godzilla, and I am a huge Godzilla fan. We are huge Godzilla. I, I I am a big enough Godzilla fan to not be afraid of hot take. Not every Godzilla movie is good. Sure. Um, Shin Godzilla was donkey balls. Hot take. <laughs> we're like the only. We're pretty much the only two reasonably big Godzilla fans who feel that way. There's a lot of love for that movie, and it's not that I don't understand it. I just don't understand how we're in the minority. Yeah. You know. God, Shin Godzilla was licking the drain of Godzilla minus minus one, in my opinion. Um, ah! Ha, ha, ha. 
it was holy shit this movie was good dude it blew me away i i laughed i teared up i cheered i went by myself to a mm. to an imax theater and saw it and this is i think it's the best godzilla movie ever made i mean i i the people i saw it with who are big godzilla fans felt the same way yeah. i clearly see why that would be a take i see clearly see why people would feel that way about it and people are like even better than the first one i'm like look you can't take away the monumental place the first one had mm-hmm. but that's like saying i'm gonna do a sports analogy <laughs> like think of like the greatest guy to do it before michael jordan you can't take away that that person absolutely crushed i can't even think of that person's name so this is i was gonna say at best this is half of a sports right, analogy right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can't even Jam Master J is he a basketball player? <laughs> Look up are you looking up first good basketball player? <laughs> I'm trying to. All right, how about here's a better analogy. Here's here's okay. a, a better sports analogy. Um you had the, the original blob versus the blob remake. Sure, okay. The original blob. All of a- our listeners just went, ah. ah. <laughs> the original blob has a place in cinema history. Its special effects were pretty groundbreaking. I mean, Steve McQueen's a badass in it. Awesome. But then the new blob totally takes it to the next level. Or how about the original Howard Hawks, the thing from another world versus mm-hmm. the John Carpenter thing? You can. There's a moment where I'm not going to take away what the original Godzilla is and the landmark cannot, mm. cannot state how formative that movie is. But Godzilla minus one is a better made movie than that sure and that movie came out in 56 so like you can't it, you, it's, it's almost you can't even compare it it's fine that that i think that it's better i just don't i just i, I just think it's one of those things it's like this suddenly i was like this is the one i want to watch you should watch the first one you absolutely should but that's not going to appeal to everyone i think this appeal has so much appeal to it and it's about a kamikaze pilot who disregards his duty and the guilt of that not committing suicide for his country follows with him and grows inside of him and then godzilla becomes the representation of that guilt in this monster size and what i thought it was so unique how they showed a post-world war ii japan that had no weapons had no defense had no guns had no tanks had no planes all that had been taken away in part of their surrender so they literally have to form a civilian army to fight with what small things they have and they basically do a great recreation of the Jaws barrel scene with mines that they're scraping out of the with net stuff and I was like this you're doing Jaws with Godzilla in the barrels like get out of here this is so cool I thought the design of Godzilla was incredible they didn't start with the Godzilla music it doesn't kick in until he shows up and starts fucking shit up and the first time we really see his destructive power suddenly the music kicked in I lost I lost my mind mm-hmm. there's a moment when the main character says I was supposed to die on that and he now has created a new sort of family out of the rubble. And he's like, what if you're just the dreams of a dead? Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. That's that's rough. Fucking, I uh, so, so in love with Godzilla. I also loved it. Everything you said. The thing that stands out to me most, there's two things. And one of them was, I don't even remember the point in the movie where I felt and thought this, but there was a part of the movie that hit me like a slap on the face when I was just like, I am 41 years old and and I am watching a wonderful, badass Godzilla movie in a theater. And it's the, I don't know, 30-something Godzilla movie 37. that I've seen. It's it, like, it, it's so cool to, to think about if I could go back in time and talk to like, how old could I have been when I saw my 
first Godzilla five. Yeah. If I was like, dude, in 35 years, you're going to be sitting in a movie theater watching a, a new, a brand new Godzilla movie. To think about that interaction and also to be that five-year-old kid who's now grown up into this handsome slice of meat. But to be there and be like, I'm still watching Godzilla. And I think part of that is from having a kid who's wicked into Godzilla. My and although Godzilla too, yeah. Right? But like, I know this movie is far, far in his future, but like, it's coming. And to think, you know, to, to go the next step is Kent, who's now four and a half. In a couple years, we'll see Godzilla minus one and appreciate it for what it is. And then in 20 years, God willing, he will still go to the theater or whatever is the new media at the time and see a new Godzilla movie. How fucking cool is that? You know what I mean? And what a what a wonderfully accessible concept from so many different avenues to enjoy that, which is my second thing. That was my big takeaway that I felt and also later read in some critiques and some reviews is how awesome is it? that we can have a movie like King Kong versus Godzilla or whatever, Kong versus Godzilla, the one that came out last year or so. Yeah. That was not a good movie, but was a fun, you know, uh, a fun video game battle Universal Studios ride of these monsters fighting each other the whole time. That was, to me, I'm like, if this is the peak, if this is the best it ever gets, I'm still okay with it. Hell yeah. I mean, right? I, and like, that was not a <laughs> like, great movie, but that no. had anything I wanted from a Godzilla movie, right? Or a King Kong movie. Any of the these movies that I've watched normally the, the the person side of it I'm like who cares who, whatever show me smashy smashy I'm happy mm -hmm. Godzilla King of Monsters to me was like this peak level of just like if this is as good as it gets I'm okay with it. sure oh, agreed what? but the human the human characters suck they always suck yeah oh, who, I, I'm not watching it for that I don't but care the plot sucks who cares the monster smashed and it was beautiful and, and Godzilla roared and things happened like fine it's fine I'm not expecting good cinema I'm expecting giant monsters to be the shit out of each other. This movie came along and was like, here's a real story about something very yeah. real that we don't often get to see because usually a lot it, and and this is a hyper generalization a lot of times japanese stories especially from the era of the 50s mm -hmm. are about this honor that is unbreakable and this was like dealing with that honor when you realize that it's almost shame that you mm -hmm. were going to kill yourself for a country that didn't give a fuck about you that was throwing human beings into the pit as a way to to hide hide their their bullshit and there's that moment where they're like if we die we die and he goes no i don't want people to die for the cause i want people to die because they have families at home that they protect because that's the cause. It has nothing to do with the honor of this country. It has to do with the family that you're leaving behind. So if you want to come out here and die with us, do it for them. Do it for your brother. Do it for your neighbor. Don't do it for the country because they let down. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all the fucking feels. You never get to see that in, in Japanese movies. You know, all the all the Gundams and the animes. It's like honor, fuck yeah. And 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 that's a big part of the culture. And this was this was a subversion of that to some something that was like, hey, we really need to kind of analyze what we were doing there and what, what our government was doing right there. It's like, really? Really? That's how you thought that was And I work? think we need to do an episode about that, this movie specifically, Godzilla Minus One, where we could explore in general, but just the idea that the current, and, and even if you think about the 56 movie, um, the, the Japanese films, or let's say 
in this case, Godzilla films, are exploring their culpability for their actions leading up to and throughout that time. Whereas, like, in American cinema, we don't often cast the shadow and the blame on our own selves. <laughs> we fuck them. I mean, they did something first, and at what we weren't even involved, kind of, etc., etc. But, like, it's a very unflinching thing where it's, like, self-reflexive, where they're like, look, we are not perfect. We And even though we are the victim of this atom bomb, there's other, you know, other facets of that situation that we're not completely blameless of, which is a really, um, I think this movie had so much heart, not just as a film, but as a story to look at a monster, to look at a, like you said, a dishonored man, to look at a non-traditional family, um, to look at a, you know, like you, you, you made a Jaws comparison. These guys are going out in a boat and trying to do some monstrous fighting. There's all these different aspects that we can look through and it really does kind of humanize the entire film, which is crazy because it's about a giant lizard, you know? I thought it was amazing. Um, there was, Oh man, there's a moment where like he, like you said, creates this, this family, sort of adopts a family of this like thief and a child that she found. And he's like, well, I'll take care of you guys. But there's a moment where the little girl's like, daddy? And he's like, I'm not your daddy. And I was like, fuck, look at that little girl. Don't you dare make her cry. <laughs> and she looks so sad. And I just want to slap him upside the head and be like, look what you have. Look what you've built. And you can't, you're so guilty. You can't be happy with that, you fuck idiot. But like, that is such a true thing. How many people do you know who are just like so miserable when it's like, you, everything's fine. Yeah, like, well, yeah, you, you, you could kind of choose your happiness or your miserable yeah. <laughs> in, in many situations, more than we think, right? Like everything's fucked up right now, sure. But you can choose whether you want to like find happiness in the little things you have, or you can choose to be miserable about things you can't control. And like that's that's a huge part of this movie. Is like, man, and I just I just thought that was so cool. And even though the ending had, was a little per little bit predictable, I was also like, mm -hmm. they could they could pull the rug out from under me, and like I could be wrong here. But I thought it was really good. And man, it's just. <sighs> Godzilla, man. They did. It was predictable, and I was a little bummed at the predictability at first, but then I was like, it actually, the 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 way it ends, although predictable and maybe a little too neat, also kind of supports the story that was being told. Yes. And it is a at least a feel-good thing, and if you guys haven't seen it, at the end there is a, a four-minute scene of Godzilla dancing around naked <laughs> and talk about flopping, flopping, flopping. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's dancing a dancing a murder on the dance floor and uh just flopping it all around. Go Godzilla. Go go Godzilla. Uh I love it. Yeah, I, I was so into it. I'm just so pumped that Godzilla's back and looking good and just doing badass shit. And I was on a a, a Discord thread and somebody said, Yeah, it was really good. It was a little bit of a slow burn. And I was like, What? Yeah, oh I agree. God. It was a little I thought it was slow what? at times, but it was not a slow burn. If that's a slow burn, I mean I am old. I fuck I'm um here I am. I'm 40. Like Let's do this. Um, yeah, you sure I, they said slow burn or they say salt burn? Salt burn. <laughs> oh my god! Somebody should create a shot called the salt burn. You just have to like slurp it out of a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant a cinematic shot, like the 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 Tarantino briefcase opening gold <laughs> shot or the trunk <laughs> shot. You know, I thought you were like, oh, someone should do that. Should be a trope in film. I was like, well, I mean, how many films would it apply to? I'm 
I because I'm so proud of how I got you into this movie. Can you say how you got to see this movie first? Oh yeah. Uh, so I was I got an email from a uh, what would they be called a distribution a promotion commercially a marketing marketing promotion. and yeah. they were like, hey, would you want to come see this film for like as a, as a press screening? I was like, hell yeah! And I was actually getting a ton of emails from another place that's based in New York. So I was like, yes, I want to come, but you're in New York. My all my, oh my it's hilarious. You get the New York emails i get the la emails why can't we <laughs> wait send it to me why are you getting them I but, don't okay know. yeah so that was uh, tell your side of it how did that come about so i get i get a lot of emails about marketing shit for you know and i don't i don't know if it's because of comic-con because we have a podcast i don't know where this happened but i always hit them back usually i don't think they expect to get a response but i'm like that's cool tell me more and they're like oh uh this this and this and i'm like can we get an interview and they're like probably not but if you want more promotional material i'll send it to you and i was like yeah send it to me and then they were like hey Godzilla and I was like send me anything God, anything I will watch mm -hmm. it I'll look at it I'll report on it we'll talk about it they're like great and then they were like we're having these screenings and I was like I can't go but can my podcasting partner went and they're like oh yeah I'll email Matt right now they knew who you were before I even mentioned it uh, I was like I was like can you email my my podcasting partner they're like yep I'm sending Matt an invite right now like how did they know that <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty big in the Godzilla podcasting world. Like we're pretty big. Yeah, we're pretty big in the marketing Godzilla franchise. Um, but we got you tickets and we got our homie uh, Blaine uh, from, from NECA tickets. To us. Yeah, so Blaine, our, our guy, Blaine from NECA, who was our, our new buddy that we met at Comic-Con last year. Uh, we were able to, he's, in, he's in Jersey. We were able to send him out to New York. So he got to go see that for that. And then I, Rumi got me and two big Godzilla fans over here. We got to go in and see that. And it was it was cool to be in a press screening. It was it was like a it was like in a, a, I don't want to say you know Citizen Kane or King Kong or anything, but it was a small screening room. There was maybe like twenty seats, and we saw it like two or three weeks before the movie was released. It felt pretty cool. You know what I mean? It was it was awesome. I'm at the movie theater in Atlanta, and I'm going to go see Godzilla, and I'm waiting in line for snacks. The guy comes up, stand line behind me, younger kid. Um, he's got this white shirt on, and it says Godzilla from the shirt. I was like, this guy's going to see. Godzilla and he just looked at me like what the shirt says Godzilla and he's like what like, your shirt says Godzilla and kanji he's like I don't know like you're not gonna go see Godzilla and you're wearing a Godzilla shirt he's like no <laughs> I was like what and he turns around walks out and it's like some sort of like I don't know like hip hop shirt and on the back there's like there it's definitely a Godzilla reference but like he just didn't know that that's what it was referring to I was like oh man real cool you should come you should have ripped that shirt me. off of him give me your shirt give me your shirt no he, he would Kick my ass. Oh, <laughs> uh, Godzilla was so good, man. Uh, you got another movie? What else? Yeah, I got a weird pick, okay? Yeah, do it. I almost like, I almost, I, I don't even know how to, right, so what's my favorite genre of movie ever? Western. No. Second it, It's a niche, shitty it's horror. a niche, shitty horror, but for what holiday? A shitty Christmas. That is my favorite yeah. shitty Christmas horror movies. Now there's a ballooning love for like Lifetime and, and uh, uh, Hallmark Christmas movies too. They're Those so bad. Ones. They're so bad. Yeah. Christmas right Prince. Dude, They're Christmas so Prince. good. Oh, uh, Xmas. We just watched one called Xmas. E X like like uh, uh, an ex boyfriend, ex girlfriend. But horror is my true favorite. Sure. So I try to get as much as I can, especially if it's new. And with all these, you know, Winnie the Pooh horror movies and shit, I gobble them all up. Even though they're terrible, I'll watch them. The Nutcracker, gobble it up. I think we talked about that one last year. Yeah, that one's bad. Last year I found, but didn't watch 2021's Silent Night. 
Oh, yeah. Starring Kira Knightley mm-hmm. and Matthew Good. Have you seen it? Yes. Oh, okay, great. Here's what I read. Okay. Neil or Nell, Simon, and their three sons are ready to welcome friends and family for what promises to be a perfect Christmas gathering. Perfect, except for one thing. Everyone is going to die. I lied to you. I have not seen this movie. This is not Santa Claus with a, ch- with a flame. Oh, correct. This is, that is Silent Night, but that is a remake reboot of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, this is not this that. one. This one that I'm talking about is what I just read. And I was like, oh, sounds like a Christmas gathering home invasion movie. Home invasion is probably my least favorite movie genre. But I was like, you know what? Let's see. It has a very <laughs> ominous looking poster. <laughs> Next to just Revenge. A f- yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It has an ominous looking poster of like a family at like a dinner party. And I was like, okay, tell me more. It starts. We get to know the characters. We get to know the family. And they they're, they're getting ready for Christmas dinner or Christmas um, day, you know, and all these people are coming and it seems like everything has to be perfect. And it's Kira Knightley and some guy, I guess his name is Matthew Good, who you'd recognize from something. You just wouldn't know what he was from. Um, and they have a couple kids and they're getting shit ready and the guests start rolling. And for, we meet the guests in their car as they're coming up and and it all is is good. It all seems like, oh, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Very ominous tone shot kind of uh, sad. The color is very bland and it feels very odd. Everything feels off. And I'm waiting for shit to happen. Then they start to to like imply that something ominous is going to happen. And you say to yourself, hmm, okay, I don't think this movie's going to be about what it was going to be about. Then literally as this was happening, I was like, oh, I had it. What would be cool is a movie about this. And that's what happened with this movie. But then it took it a step further. The thought and the what was was what happens if there was an apocalyptic event and everybody knew they were going to die on Christmas. So in this day, these family are getting together and they start to say, they start to imply that like, well, tonight's the night. And after that, and then they start to say, well, where did it come from? And they say, oh, it was the Russians and it was this. No, it was a radioactive leak, et cetera, et cetera. So you're like, oh shit. Then they start to imply and show you some, not news footage, but commercials and shit. And someone's like, well, we'll all take it together. And then no, well, I don't want to take it. Well, should we take it if this and this one character says, well, I'm pregnant and all this other stuff. Then it is, you know, through these discussions, it is revealed that there is a airborne plague that is wiping people out and you start bleeding from your eyes and all your orifices and then you die. And it's a painful, terrible death. Yeah. So the government has issued these pills that will euthanize you painlessly, quickly and easy. So this whole family has decided to have a great Christmas that is a regular Christmas with all the Christmas fighting and bullshit that you'd have, all the jealousy and there's a snotty kid, there's a sweet kid, whatever. And then at the end of that, everyone's going to take their their suicide pills and conk out with their respective families in this one big house so they could all be together. So this one family calls the grandma who can't be there and the grandma's like, hey man, no regrets. I had a great life. I love you guys, but I have to go. My next door neighbor doesn't have anybody to be with, so I'm going to go. It's really deep and it's really interesting. The whole time I'm fucking hating it because it's not the horror movie I thought it was going to be. And it's like, again, to go with the food analogy again, if you misread a menu or ordered something and you thought you were getting a pizza, but you got a sandwich, it doesn't matter how good that sandwich was 
is if your mouth wanted pizza and my mouth wanted Christmas horror pizza and this was like Christmas dread apocalyptic suspense kind of stuff um, and, and the main boy who's kind of like the main character he starts being like I'm not going to take the pill and this girl says I'm not going to take the pill either because I'm pregnant and haven't told anybody and then there's back and forth and the family's like you have to he runs outside and in doing so possibly contracts this disease he comes back in the house but the whole time the movie has done a pretty good job of of painting this picture of like well should they take the pill or what's the worst that could happen or you know they say well what if we go in the car and roll up the windows and they explain people have tried that scientists have studied it it's inescapable this one kid's like fuck that i'm not taking it he runs outside they run outside after him pull him back in quicker than he was outside and a couple minutes later his eyes start to bleed and he starts screaming in pain and dies and everybody's like oh shit so they all start popping these pills and the whole family kind of falls down one and this is, i mean i should have said spoiler but there's uh, a couple a lesbian couple who end up stab one of the women stabs her and i forget why she stabs her but that kind of comes out of nowhere all this other and everyone starts dying and it's showing you all these dead bodies and then the kid with the bloody eyes opens his eyes and the movie ends and he's i'm a like zombie he's a, he's a zombie now that's what i'm saying uh, you know it was it was not a bad movie and it created a wonderful sense of dread but i was so pouty because that's not what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the horror comedy show. I, I, I wanted a killer not a virus and a pill um that sounds awful to, like so uncomfortable and terrible because like it was um i also just feel like everything is, is oh yeah no that, that sounds that sounds like my worst I don't it was almost like when when you and i did the uh famous monsters um episode where we talked about like a it wasn't we didn't say apocalyptic dread it was like uh cthulhu and shit like that it was like a, a almost Cos- like cosmic dread cosmic yeah. that's the word we use yeah this wasn't cosmic per se but it was just like the most depressing forlong feeling and i didn't sign up for that but there's times where you go in being like i know this movie is gonna make me uncomfortable or make me depressed or make me down but okay that's part of a movie going experience once in a while I, I wasn't prepared for that but that didn't even affect me on an emotional level because i was just cranky i wanted a santa claus killer and i got an airborne disease that kills everybody <laughs> mr pouty pants over here can't even enjoy a family suicide pack but it was like <laughs> your classic family christmas suicide but it's like you said it was like um the acting was really good the movie was well made you know the the suspense and the tension was really i thought well sustained they, the couple of things they wanted you to doubt the severity of the situation until the end and i did and then that kid starts bleeding and you're like you with the characters like oh shit and then at the end the kid wakes up and you're like oh damn it's an interesting movie for sure and it was a well-told story it's like not the, the story i wanted that happens to me all the time man all the fucking time breaking bad did that to me all the time where i was just like uh, oh boo don't do that i don't want it to do that but fine whatever uh that's hilarious um did you see barbie i did can we can we can we applaud barbie for a brief second good job yes. barbie i i really enjoyed this movie i went in being like i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's not going to piss me off like a lot of people are pissed off about a fucking barbie <laughs> i think it i i i don't know i'm obviously not 
not the audience, but we'll see where it goes. And I'm in and halfway through, I'm like, this movie's actually brilliant and really fucking funny. Good job. Like, fuck yeah. I don't get a lot of the jokes because I didn't play with Barbie and I didn't grow up with Barbie. So like, there's a lot of things where like my sister-in-law, Meg, Kevin and Meg, they've been on the show. My mm-hmm. sister-in-law, Meg, and my wife are like, oh my God, grown up skipper. Holy shit, that Barbie too. Oh, this Barbie, that Barbie, this Barbie with this Barbie, this Barbie with the dog. Like they knew the toys. It's like if we watch. Yeah, guy, yeah. It's like when we watch like a G.I. Joe movie or a Transformers movie, we're like, oh, this guy and that guy, oh, Bumblebee and, uh, you know, the Transformers, the DJ one. Like there's all the things that that are, are shout outs and call outs and, 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 and nods, Easter eggs all over the place that they were digging into. And I kind of like that too, because I was like, wait, that's a real thing. Like, oh, yeah, that's a real thing. And you're like, hilarious. Awesome. I love the Lego movie so much. And mm. I, I think that this kind of lands in that world where you took something where you're like, how are you going to make a movie about Legos? And they said, we're going to show you the joy of the imagination that comes with playing with our product and have a lot of fun doing it and have some, yeah. Barbie went a step further and they're like, we're going to show you the joy of, of what our toy was for the people who play with that toy. But we're also going to kind of address the gray area and the negativity surrounding our product, which I was mm. like, bold. And, and we're going to challenge you to be more than the most basic level of what you think you are. I'm a Colts fan. I I only Atlanta Falcons. Go dogs. Like I'm beach was something that was so fucking funny to me because it's just like, oh my God, I meet so many beach kids. Yeah. All the fucking time. I meet these people who they they are only the one thing because they have no real identity. Whether and in Georgia, a lot of times it's like, I'm white. And you're like, anything else? Is there more to it or just, <laughs> are you are you done? <laughs> did you achieve that? Or is that just something oh, you just born that way? Um, I mean, like me too, but like I'm not like rah rah about it. That's not on my resume. <laughs> yeah, like it's just, just, okay. So like when when the whole realization when Ken's like I'm Beach Ken, she's like no no, that's just the clothes you wear. That's the place you go. That's not that's not who you are. And he's like I don't know who I am. I just I I, I just I was very impressed with how fucking smart this movie got, and mm. I didn't expect that. So again, as we've talked many times, when I go into a shitty movie about a killer. Santa Claus and it surprises me with how fun and exciting it is that goes way farther than when I sit down to a Christopher Nolan movie and I'm like yeah obviously Oppenheimer was good you didn't impress me much (laughs) 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 obviously it was gonna be good it was fucking fantastic fuck you I'm not impressed like so like Barbie which again I didn't go in with like a negative like oh this is gonna suck attitude I was like I'm sure it's fine Mm -hmm. I came out being like wow impressed entertain yeah like good for you <laughs> i also feel like it, it it took you know it made a very firm stance on a couple of things it certainly played with gender and stereotypes and masculinity and femininity and you know appropriation like it did all this different things but without jamming it down your throat yeah. i think even if you weren't listening or didn't like the message the movie over it the movie overall was still fun it didn't make anybody feel bad per se yeah. it didn't um it didn't beat anybody over the head with it and like we've talked about with like specifically marvel movies and stuff it didn't fake it it wasn't like let's show them how it's done girls which like you're shooting yourself in the foot in that or in the vagina in that instance where you're like let's pretend that this is waving this flag by just having someone wave that flag there's no meaning behind it this movie i don't think did that it it literally it not literally waved the flag it metaphorically waved that flag and it did it well 
well. Yeah, I, I, I it, it was, it was, it was a, it was a wild surprise because again, not the movie I thought I was going to be like that, that into for for pulling off something which again very hard to do. Take this toy, make a movie. And you're mm. like, fuck, that's hard to do. I mean, hard enough. The Transformers made like twelve of these fuckers, but like. <laughs> Transformers isn't really saying. No, no, it's not saying anything. It's saying we'll go. Although the weird thing was, if you remember correctly, in Transformers Two, there is a um, there's a scene where the Constructicons have assembled, and there's a four minute pyramid climbing scene in which it's flap 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 flap. <laughs> Devastator. I couldn't think of his name. Devastator. Devastator that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Optimus. Flap, Flap, flap. licks a sewer manhole and just like <laughs> there was a lot of peering there was a lot of peeing in that franchise at least before i stopped watching for a fucking robot show uh whatever <laughs> you know what you do you transformers kick some ass i mean uh, it's always something going on um real quick since i brought it up did you see poor things no i didn't poor thing is in the same vein as barb it's as if barbie and the bride of frankenstein had a baby that baby grew up to a legal age and was down to fuck <laughs> <laughs> this movie is horny as shit, dude. Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, and some other dude. Um, <laughs> Willem Dafoe is like a Franken Dr. Frankenstein. He's all stitched up. Um, he brings this woman, Emma Stone, back to life, and she has this like childlike mind, but she's an adult. And she has no concept of shame and no concept of like what's proper. And so everybody keeps telling her, Well, you can't do that. And she's like, Why the fuck not? It feels great. Like <laughs> it is. And she goes on this like sexual way awakening an adventure with Mark Ruffalo who's like I'm the greatest lover ever and then she like makes him like crumbles his soul because he has such you know he has he has all this like pride and she just like doesn't give a shit about it. like you made me feel stupid and she's like oh did I do that or did you do that to yourself because you care what I do mm. and like it's it was it was just it was so good so well done so well shot super weird there's like all these animals that are like Frankenstein together there's like a pig dog and like a, a goose a goose with a goat face like there's all sorts of weird shit in it and gorgeously shot the sets are beautiful the acting's incredible it's funny it's really weird uh but i thought i thought if you take barbie and then we're like this is what happened after barbie goes to see the gynecologist like here's your movie it was mm. it was it was great and really poignant and very bizarre and like i said hyper sexed up so don't watch it with your parents if you don't like doing that <laughs> that should be an episode maybe we've already said this is an episode about movies that you should not watch with your parents should not watch I from experience from experience would be a good one you know from like not, experience would be great not a hardcore one but i literally saw some somebody said something and it was like a, i don't know it was, it was a political joke and somebody's like i would literally rather watch Saltbird with my parents and i <laughs> cracked the fuck up <laughs> well i'm gonna shoot something to you now you can edit it out if you think we should wait but kent and i did something awesome in the last week or so that he got really into and i think we should do it it would be a fun way to end the episode i think but if you want to make it its whole own episode I would understand too but we started doing something called Mad Libs <gasps> and he got into it and it's pretty funny I mean his vocabulary is not as fucking extensive as mine balls but 
<laughs> but his is actually pretty. His are pretty funny. So if you wanted to do one of those now, I'd be totally up for it. Or if you wanted to do a whole episode just of doing like not live, but recorded Mad Libs, we should do it. You can't whip out a Mad Libs book and not expect me want to do a Mad Libs, bro. All right, let's do it, man. I'm going to just randomly <laughs> stop on a page. OK. All right. And these are Star Wars Mad Libs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so I held it up in the uh, <laughs> this is a good one. It's a Star Wars Mad Libs. I held it up on the YouTube. So if you're watching it, you saw it. But if not. All right, Rumi, you ready? I'm so ready. Watch you say like a a I don't even know what these words are called. This is how dumb fucking dumb I am. You're going to be like, give me a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Are? Give, me, give, <laughs> give me a present participle of a derivative of the word. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. I'll help you through. Give me a noun. Person, place, or thing. Does it have to be Star Wars related? No, it should be Star Wars. It should be dirty. It should be regular. It should be launch pad. It could be anything you want. Okay. Okay. Person, place, or thing. Let's go with the Rocketeer. Okay. Uh, a verb ending in ing, an action word. <laughs> Go ahead. Lick Go ahead. it. Licking. That's going to work perfect. I'm even <laughs> writing. I wrote licking with an N and an apostrophe because that's how you said it. Um, Adjective, you, you, which you, is describing word. You do know that anything with an apostrophe N is done while drinking, right? Fair. If you're, if you're fishing, you know, you know. Crack oh, I get open. it. I'm fishing. I'm racing. I'm... So you're licking while you're drinking while you're licking? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to find out. It's going to get weird. Adjective, right. a, a, a describing word. Slow. Uh, another noun? Place or thing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real. Can I get real immature with it? Fuck yeah. Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another noun. Oh, uh, person, place, or thing. Shoe. Give me another noun. God damn it! <laughs> this is fucking hard. Um, 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 person, place, or thing. Let's go with uh, xenomorph. Nice. And a part of the body. <laughs> damn! I used my. I used. No, my you favorite. could. You could do another one, or you could also use another part or the same yeah. name for a, same, right. a different let's, name for the same part. Oh, uh, let's just do feet. Let's do a foot. One foot. Okay. Single foot. Left foot. Okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Uh, a verb ending in ing. Verb is an action word. Orkin. 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 Not to be confused with the overweight X-wing pilot. <laughs> uh, adjective. Um, describing word. A describing word. Mm, uh, 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 beautiful. Uh, another one. Another describing. Adjective. Word? Describing. Another adjective. Um, fiery. Oh, that's a good one. And another. Mm, pitiful. <laughs> Uh, noun. Person, place, or thing. Godzilla. Nice. <laughs> plural. <laughs> plural noun. We're almost there. Um, um, uh, uh, TIE fighters. And one more noun. I want to change that plural noun. Okay. Luchadors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, singular noun. Singular noun. Uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking around the room for things that I can name. <laughs> and last one, make it a good one. A verb, action word, ending in ing. Crushing. Okay, here we go. It's gonna be terrible. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> Mad Libs. Han and Leia. A love story. No. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Han and Leia are a rocketeer made in heaven, but you would never have known from when they first met. They have absolutely nothing in common. She's a tough licking princess <laughs> who followed her mother's slow footsteps and became a weeder. 
<laughs> Man, this takes me right back to fourth grade. <laughs> He's a shoe smuggler and a space xenomorph boy. <laughs> it says blank. It says it says it's noun dash boy. So xenomorph boy with a price on his left foot. Can we spell that with a B-O-I? <laughs> He's a, yeah. He's a xenomorph boy. Xenomorph boy with a price on his left foot so high that every bounty hunter in the galaxy is is working for him. <laughs> One thing Han and Leia do have in common is a beautiful ability to throw fiery insults at each other. True. Leia once called Han, uh, Leia once called Han a stuck up, half-witted, pitiful looking Godzilla herder when he started teasing her. But even though they used to fight like cats and luchadors, now they bring out the soft side in each other. Since they've fallen in love, the entire rebel force is breathing a coarse light of relief. <laughs> they no longer have to listen to Han and Leia's constant crushing. <laughs> In my mind, the empire is like <laughs> pounding some brewskis. Entire relief. Stormtroopers are like, ah, oh, yeah, click. Sh- clunk, clunk. It said the rebels were doing it. Oh well, they're. <laughs> oh, but I like the idea of stormtroopers trying to drink. They'd probably miss their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> just what does that dribble down your suit, dude? He's like, I just I can't drink. I missed. <laughs> Way to be a stereotype. Bill. <laughs> oh man, that was good. I would do a whole episode just of us doing Mad Libs if we each ordered a book or two. Ordered a book, yeah, and then we and we put it all together. That would be pretty hysterical. Um, I think we should end episodes like that from here on out. <laughs> 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 like, they they took a long hiatus and they came back and only did Mad Libs. <laughs> I would have to think that a company other than Mad Libs probably makes R or X rated Mad Libs. I remember in college and high school (laughs) doing them as filthy, like as as almost offensive as you could do them. And I would say with a 75% success ratio, they were hysterical. They usually are. The funny part is though, like I I would laugh super hard if you tried to do like a super filthy one, like like somebody literally engineered it and you just gave, uh, you think you're being clever and filthy, but like somehow it just, when you read it, you're like, oh, that didn't really make that. Yeah, it doesn't really make, Mm -hmm. yeah. That didn't work out at all. (sighs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) That is good, dude. Stupid ad libs. I'm glad they're still go. I'm glad they're still making those. That's good. Hell yeah. And and your kid's down with that. He thinks they're funny. Yeah, he doesn't do as many licking and porking type ones. <laughs> I hope Wiener not. though. There's been a couple wieners. There's been a lot of butts. A lot of poopies. <laughs> Definitely poopies. Uh, but it's pretty funny. My my kid's going through. Uh, <laughs> Daddy, what's that smell? I don't know. I don't smell anyone. Smell. It's poop. <laughs> you got nice. me. Set me up. She she likes a good poop joke, which I'm down for. What can I say? <laughs> it's so hard when your kid does something so fucking hysterical and you have to not laugh at it because you don't want to imprint that that's a hysterical thing to you. Oh, hell yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. And you're just looking at your wife and she's about to crack up and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Nothing to see here. Keep moving. Keep moving, kid. Tell me another joke. Oh, all right, man. This has been great, guys. 
<laughs> give give us a, a verb or an adjective, a descriptor word ending in ing. What we should do is we should make our own. Like write a story about the launch pad or rocketeers and then like write the whole story and then just take out 10 words, random different types of words and you ask me to complete your story and vice versa. That'd be funny. Um, ugh, paradigm shift. This is what we're doing now. Just mad libs. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys used to talk about dick pizzas? Now all they talk about is pork and licking wieners. <laughs> <laughs> A coarse sigh of relief. Man, these guys used to be way funnier. <laughs> Crushing it. We're brilliant geniuses. Podcasters extraordinaire. Trust <laughs> and us. We're back, baby. Welcome to 2024. <laughs> Let's do some rad shit. And uh, yeah, hit us up. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and X. And YouTube. Launchpad Pod on our website, launchpadpod.com. Can I, can I plug my other thing that I do? Or is that faux Plug, plug, plug. No, I like all when right. you plug. On <laughs> As long, as long as it's not drain, if it's a plug, I'm fine with that. <laughs> On Saturdays, check out the Half Hour of Horror with me, Aaron McLean, where I talk about whatever the fuck I want and have guests and we talk about horror shit. We have had some good times. We uh, also did a holiday horror episode that was really fun. So, yeah, that is Saturdays at like 1030 Pacific, 130 Eastern on X. Check out Block of Horror for that. And uh, yeah, man, there's only one thing left for us to do. Let's blast this fucking thing off. We're the Rocketeers. We're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.